You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Oh, he's got his fingers all broken loose now. He's ready to get down to business. Yes, we are ready to get down to business. And you're wondering, you hear our friend, our five-thirds of Beetle, as I like referring to him, or five-thirds of brain or whatever it is because his brain is so exceptionally large. That's Mr. Mike McPeak joining us again this week on Geekiest Show Ever, episode 145. How are you doing, Mike? Well, it would explain why I have headaches because if I got five-thirds of a brain, it's just flowing out all over the place. Yeah, my brains flow out, but it's not out of my ears, <laughs> that's for sure. Well, yeah, we won't comment about what people think my mind is made of, but uh, uh, it's probably Swiss cheese, actually, but... Ah, the lovely holy cheese. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I like that phrase from um, uh, Quantum Leap. It actually describes me it, when uh, Sam's talking about all the holes in his memory, that he uh, things he can't remember. He called it the Swiss cheese brain. That's what I got. I got all kinds of holes. I can remember all si- sorts of things and completely forget other crap. So. Oh, yes. And, and my wife constantly reminds me of that fact, too, that I can remember all kinds of random shit but not remember to take out the trash or something like that. Oh, yeah, all that silly stuff. No, I, I am, uh, I do uh, remember to uh, things like our anniversary. I don't want to get to, or birthdays, dates I'm okay with, that kind of stuff that will get you into deep trouble. But, yeah, remembering to do stuff, or I have a thing at work now. I'm just trying to get people to email me stuff. It's, I mean, I love to talk to people and all this kind of stuff, but we have a conversation. They say, oh, can you do this? And I'll go off and forget it, not because I didn't want to do it, just because my mind goes poof. And so I'm trying to get people, you know, if you want something done, please email me because then I got something written in front of me and I can put it into a task manager and get organized and, you know, or pretend to anyway, and, you know, and just make sure <laughs> the thing gets stuff. So, yeah, well, what I've taken to doing is, uh, and I talked about this in case anybody hasn't had, heard me say uh, on an episode of MacBytes, MacBytes episode 87, I talked about how much I'm using OneNote now. Uh, where a lot of people use the application and the web service Evernote. I use OneNote because I throw everything into there. I have it divided up. It's segmented up the way my brain is segmented up, good, bad, or indifferent. So if anybody ever wants to see what my brain looks like inside, just look at my OneNote notebook. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I just dump stuff in there, and uh, that's how I remember to do things, most things anyway. I thought about OneNote. Um, I kind of sort of use Evernote. I just don't want to – I haven't used it so much because if I really start using it, they have that – they want to bump you up to the premium subscription, obviously. And um, I don't know if I want to pay – I think it's $40 a year or somewhere in there for the premium subscription if I don't use it a lot. But I do have one note, and I think I've got 25 gigs of uh, storage uh, on OneDrive. I got in early when they were yeah. offering some of those teaser deals. So yeah, I did too because I've had a one. Uh, well, it was SkyDrive, OneDrive, Microsoft Live, whatever the heck it's been called. I, I've had an account there for a long time, so I've got a good bit of storage. And their prices aren't too bad to even bump yourself up a little further in storage. So, well, if I get twenty-five gigs worth of notes and crap, I'd need to quit because I mean, it's <laughs> not like I'm doing documents. PowerPoint, anything like that. I mean, I just I don't live in the Microsoft world, but you know, OneNote for take, keeping track of things and um, and that, and it, that might actually be because at school they use uh, you know the Microsoft Word and stuff there. That might actually make things a little bit more cross compatible. Yeah, I actually I'm thinking about buying a subscription to Microsoft Office. I know, folks, don't shoot me. <laughs> 
Um, but uh, Amazon has a good deal that seems to run continuously for uh, the one year, the the home the home version where you get five licenses for five machines and five tablet devices for sixty seven dollars. Okay, you buy it, and I to me that's that's a reasonable cost. I mean, you know, I'll buy it for one year. If I don't like it, then I'm out only I'm only out that little bit. If I do like it, I'm sure I can probably renew it for somewhere around that price again. So I'm not going to complain. No. And I just don't do a lot of word processing or, you know, um, spreadsheets or anything like that. So uh, either the um, uh, Apple stuff that comes free or I download um, LibreOffice, I'll I'll use one of those and they uh, get my needs done. So I really haven't had too much of a reason to go with any of the Microsoft products. I, uh, you know, if I was in business, because that's sort of Microsoft uh, products are kind of the standard for business. Yeah, then I would think about it. But. Yeah, the stuff that I do doesn't really require it. Most of them are compatible, so I can spew out a uh, uh, Word-compatible document if I need to. So, yeah, I haven't gotten into it. Yeah, I I think it's my, me switching back and forth doing stuff for work and things like that is probably the main reason that, I would, that I'll do it if I go that way. Uh, actually, I have my kids kind of using LibreOffice, and they, seem, they really like LibreOffice. The school system around here is using... Um, uh, Google Docs for everything, mm. and they've issued. Well, they haven't issued to all the kids, but they have Chromebooks available for a lot of the kids uh, mm. to use. You know, mixed emotions there, um, but you know, it is what it is. I'm. I keep thinking about buying a Chromebook, but I but I haven't bought one yet, just because I haven't felt like parting with the cash, and I don't have a solid reason, unlike an iPad or something else like that. You know, that I would use a lot. I don't have a solid reason to buy something like that. Well, see, the school, uh, they have um, uh, netbooks that they've been using. They actually started that about, oh, five years ago. Maybe six years ago. I think it was in between when uh, uh, my daughter graduated in uh, 2012 and I think, uh, and my son graduated in 2009. So somewhere in between there that they started going with netbooks. And surprisingly, they started out with some, uh, uh, Acers and they're, uh, they're still using them. They moved them down to, uh, um, grade, um, junior high and elementary level, but they're still using some of them. And I'm, I, and I really kind of thought that giving netbooks to kids, cause every uh, high school student has a, a netbook to use, and I thought for sure they're going to get trashed or break down, but they've held up surprisingly well. Um, there was a few incidences, but you expect that to happen. But uh, they've been using that, and um, and so yeah, they are kind of centered on Microsoft and stuff. And I have talked to the um, uh, tech coordinator at the school. You know, it's a small town. We know each other. Actually, she's kind of a distant relative of mine. And you know, I've thrown out the idea that it would be kind of interesting for them to go with like Chromebooks or whatever. Um, because then that way, instead of her, cause each summer she uh, collects all the computers from the students, bringing them back and she has to erase and re-image all of them. And with, if she just had a Chromebook, all she'd have to do is just update the uh, stuff on her server. Everybody could log in there. They'd have access to whatever programs they need. They wouldn't have to be doing, um, like I say, reformatting and all this stuff that you should probably still would have to bring the computers in, clean them, inspect them, and you know, kind of ho- 
I don't know. I suppose you still would want to check them for viruses, but I don't know if it'd be necessary. Well, the Chrome OS, and I, I haven't used it enough to to be to be an expert at it by any stretch of the imagination, but it has a feature called Power Wash, and if you engage that feature, it basically resets it to fact to the defaults that it was. You know, when it's first installed, it's it's kind of like an I mean, good, bad, or indifferent. That's kind of a nice thing about the Chrome OS. It's just bloop bloop and it's done but uh the netbook things they i actually had a netbook for a while i loved that little thing but um i um the kids my my younger kids do have netbooks which one which one uh dell oh i always liked the dell ones they were cool i had an hp this is one of the first ones it was the dell uh mini 10 uh maybe not the first but it was like the after people kind of Netbooks kind of caught on. It was one of the first waves because uh, I think there's actually a Dell Seven. There's a few before then, but this one was pretty good. Uh, I've installed Linux on it a few times. It had the weird graphics processor, so it it took. Well, and they're getting better about it too. But um, sometimes it was an adventure to get Linux on this thing because you had to go out and find the right driver for that thing, and it got a little hairy. Yeah, I had uh, I forget what version of Linux I put on. I had an HP. Crap, I can't remember what the model was. It was a very popular one that the, the HP had out. Uh, and I had one of those, and I bought it. I used it for a couple years, and then I sold it for, I don't know, I sold it for a couple hundred dollars to a friend of mine. And that was his main computer for a while, or his wife's main computer. I can't remember now. And when he traveled, that's the one he took with Because it was nice. That was before the Ultrabooks really took off. And it was small, thin, and light. And... The kit we actually used it for an entertainment system in the in the vehicle when we travel. I'd have mm. movies loaded on it. I'd have VLC loaded on it. Call up the movie, and you go. You can watch the movie. This is before I had an iPad or anything. Oh yeah, yeah. And I've tried to use it for things like that, and because um, it's got an Atom uh, 1.6 gigahertz processor, so it's not too bad. I've toyed with the idea of trying to turn it into an entertainment center that you hook up to the TV, but uh, the graphics get a little choppy on that. Uh, I don't know that you want to watch a movie that way, necessarily. Nah, just go with a Roku. I got that. I got a Roku. Right. I got, I I and I got the Google TV. Yeah. And and I don't know. I've been... I'll, I'll have to see where it goes. Um, that Kindle Fire uh, TV looks intriguing. Yeah, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. I mentioned it to uh, Mark that I was thinking about doing that. I may actually go out and get a Chromecast because I don't know why. I'm just interested in how to play to play with one of those. And at thirty five dollars, I've seen them on sale for even closer to thirty bucks. Hell, that's worth it. That's almost what I spend in thumb drives a week. So, <laughs> well, I kind of thought about that too because uh, my son went out and got himself a nice because uh, his birthday was Friday. Um, so he decided to treat himself and he went out and bought himself a 40 inch flat panel, uh, TV and put in his, um, living room. So then he had his old, uh, 24 inch that he had there. He said, Hey, you guys want this? I went, sure. Okay. So we put that in our, uh, dining room there and got rid of the old, uh, tube type, uh, uh, one that we had in there. Cause that was only like a 14. It wasn't a real big screen. I don't remember what size it was. Um, so we got rid of that and put that one up there. And so that's got HDMI. And now I'm kind of thinking, yeah, you know, it'd be nice to put either a Chromecast on there or, you know, maybe that uh, Kindle Fire TV. 
Um, just something so that we can, uh, when we're in the dining room there, we could watch movies, uh, listen to music, whatever. Yeah, no, it, it does look interesting to me. I, I haven't decided one way or another. It might be something I'll put on the list for Christmas next year just to get it to to muck around with it and stuff like that, you know. And I'm sure Roku will drop a new version of their devices before Christmas next year, so. Yeah, and we, uh, I think we talked about here one time, uh, I got that Google TV and I like the idea of it. It's just, it's a little clunky because I would like the one thing, because the problem with the Roku is, it's not a horrible problem, but you got to switch input HDMI inputs to watch something. Um, and I just kind of like the idea of the Google TV because your um, cable signal will pass through there. Uh, but then you can also just by flipping um, through different you know apps on there, you can watch Netflix. It doesn't do Hulu. That drives me a little nuts. Um, but you can watch Amazon stuff on there. So there's plenty of stuff, uh, YouTube. There's plenty of stuff to watch. And the nice thing is, uh, and with that, you can call up a search. So let's say you want to watch, you know, Duck Dynasty or something. You just type it into the search field there, and it'll show you where it's on live TV, where it's on um, Amazon, where it's on uh, YouTube. Uh, it'll go through all the services and show you. So then you can find what you watch and want to watch. And uh, you know, it, and I don't know. They're supposed to be coming out with Android TV, but somehow I get the feeling they're going to drop the cable pass through part and just go with. Uh, it'll be another streaming online box. So I don't yeah, know what to think of that. Yeah, that's true. I, I that's what I like about my Roku is the fact that I can um, do that search and it'll find it all across all the services and tell you where. Where you can you know get it? They they've really come a long way with Roku, and I'm sorry. I know the Apple TV is cool, and I may eventually get one and play around with. Um, but right now, my Roku's meeting all my needs, and then some. Plus the fact that my new TV, I finally moved into the flat screen, high def television area. As I mentioned this past Christmas, when my wife was kind enough to give me a big flat screen TV, but it's also one of those smart TVs. So besides having the intelligence in the Roku, the uh, TV itself has, you know, YouTube, Hulu, and all those sorts of things, and Mego, and I forget what other services. Then I have it set up on my phone where I can find something on YouTube using my phone or my iPad. And say, oh, I, I like that. Here, everybody watch this and just fling it up onto the, uh, uh, the TV. And TV says, oh, let me go out to YouTube, find that, bring it in, and play it for you. Yeah, I've done that a little bit with uh, Roku and YouTube, and I, you know, I haven't, I've kind of considered the Apple TV too, but um, if they would, on my phone, they have apps, all the major networks have apps on there. If they would put those apps on the TV, because the main thing I'm trying to look for here is basically time shifting, um, because I'm not always here at home to watch the shows when they're on. And I have tried, I've got a DVR, and I've tried that. That works sometimes, but I want to be able to, like, watch it upstairs on the Roku. And I haven't, uh, I've uh, played around with the solution where I'll take the stuff out of the uh, DVR that I built on the, my Hackintosh here and put it in the Plex and watch it on there. But sometimes things didn't uh, translate. They won't play well. Something happened there. Um and like I say, I just want something, and if I, they would just put an app on there where I could just sit down in front of the Apple TV, bring up, like, um, you know, CBS and watch your shows on there. I, that's the big thing I'm looking for is something that, you know, time-shifting, and, you know, it would really be nice if they would allow you to download these shows um, so that you could take them with you where you don't have Internet 
internet access and be able to watch them then too. That's that's the things I'm looking for. Yeah, I I kind of do something similar, although I don't download them in the Xfinity apps because I have Comcast. So I have the Xfinity apps, and a lot of the shows that I could easily DVR, um, I don't, and I just go on the Xfinity app or even on the Xfinity website, and I just watch them there <laughs> and catch up that way. You know, I could I could stretch out on the bed upstairs or something like that, and and hold the iPad till I fall asleep and it knocks me in the head, and uh, watch you know uh, the Blacklist or some of the other shows that I like. Yeah, and like I said, that's just the thing. Uh, the thing I'm kind of looking for. And I, I mentioned before we started recording that uh, um, I bought myself a new tech toy. I got myself a, a Kindle Fire here because um, I got my iPad, iPad Mini. I like it. It's only a 16 gig, so you can't put a lot of stuff on there, and it's certainly good for a lot of things. But I, um, well, actually, it started. My wife was watching QVC, and she came down and said. There's this Kindle Fire HDX on there. It looks kind of good, and I've been kind of wanting to get her into something like that anyway because she's got a, a big all-in-one Windows computer up there, and then she's also got a Windows laptop. But, you know, if we go on vacation somewhere, it would be nice to have just instead of taking, like, the laptop along, just be able to uh, take these tablets along. And so she kind of got interested. So we each got one. She got the 16 gig. I got the 32 gig because I'm – be probably putting a lot more stuff on there and so you know what i'm trying to think of or my plan for the um for my kindle is is uh put books on there it's gonna be my entertainment center basically put books on there um movies uh and i think uh i gotta double check but i think you can uh with amazon because i got an amazon prime subscription too i can watch the amazon prime stuff and i think with a kindle fire you can download it to your device um so you can uh, take it and watch it. You know, the, the prime stuff is the stuff you get to watch for free that you don't have to buy. So I think you can download it on there. So if you're away from an Internet connection, you can still watch it. That and, you know, if you rent movies, you can download them and watch them too. Um, that and then the other thing I'm thinking about doing, I think I'll start doing it when we get done here, is uh, you can take your music and basically upload it to Amazon's cloud. And then it's available there for uh, streaming downloads to your device you can either stream it or you can download it so if you're somewhere where you have a uh, wi-fi connection you just sit there and you know pick cool. out the songs yeah pick out the songs that you want to listen to from your list or you can download them whichever because that's uh, for me but for my wife also because she wants music and i don't know that she wants to necessarily hassle plugging it into the computer and you know downloading all this stuff um that way, you know, if she's at home, she can say, you know, I listen to these songs and, oh, okay, I like these. And she can download them to her device so she, they're handy there. Uh, so it would be, you know, the easier way for her to get music because then when she goes to work uh, at, during the summer, she cleans the uh, elementary school and she wants something to, some music she can listen to. So, and it's got uh, two dual speakers on there. So, and it sounds fairly good. We'll have to see when you get it into a room or something. But she can just sit there, set it on a, a, a desk or a table somewhere while she's cleaning the rooms, just play music and listen to it. So um, I think it'll work out well for her. But like I say, we're you know, so it seems like we're kind of getting sucked into the Amazon uh, ecosphere. But the thing is, Amazon will work on uh, Google. Uh, it'll work on. Uh, well, let's see. I think I gotta check. I think uh, I don't know about the Apple TV, but you can get the uh, I think the Amazon Player for uh, iOS stuff, um, the iPad and other stuff. So it go- goes a lot more 
places than Apple TV does because Apple TV basically you can only watch it, you know, in iTunes um, or like say on an iOS device. You can't get an app for Android or for anything else. So I just think that the Amazon um, ecosphere is a lot more encompassing, and I can watch it more places. Yeah, I. I we use or I say I but we also use the Amazon Prime a lot. That's how um I got all caught up on Downton Abbey. My one of my favorite shows was uh through Amazon Prime. And uh no I like it. But now I'm curious, how much were those devices? Computers? Oh Um I got I think it was two thirty nine. Um uh, let me see here. For the for both of them? No. Uh, I think mine was. Uh, I'm going back through my mail here, and now, and you know, Amazon Prime is kind of like a freaking drug here. Um, oh God, yes. Um. Yeah, because once you get started, um, because then you know, even the free stuff, um, they'll email, uh, send you out an email. Um, you just downloaded this free app, so I had to scroll through all that stuff there. I keep it there in my email, just so I can keep track of it. Um. Now let's see. I don't remember how much Deb was, but mine was uh, two thirty nine, um, and that's with five easy pays. Um, <laughs> that's yeah. where they sucker you. Just yeah. five easy payments of right. ninety five. Well, actually, it was of uh, fifty dollars and sixty six cents. So that's not you know a month. That's not horrible. Yeah. Um, and hers, I think, was if mine was two thirty nine. I think hers must have been maybe one ninety nine or. They're about somewhere around the two hundred dollar level, because like I say, her she or hers went to her email, so I don't have it here. But you know, that's you know, for a thirty two gig device, that's not too bad. No, that's um, that's pretty nice. I did see. I have a friend at work that got a Kindle Fire uh, for Christmas, and the only thing I've seen that she's had trouble with is a lot of times in the afternoons while she's waiting for her ride, uh, she'll be outside outside the office there. She sits on one of the benches because we've got benches scattered around the camp, the office campus, and she be sitting there. And I came out the other day, and she's sitting there trying to read, because really what she's doing is just reading books. I mean, she's not really doing mm. anything else with it. Um, but uh, she was just, and she was having trouble with that, you know, where my Kindle that I have, which is just a very basic Kindle, that I ended up getting because of a deal, and then I had mm. some coupons Amazon Prime had sent me. And I ended up paying twenty one dollars for my Kindle. So, <laughs> yeah, and I've used a few of those uh, offers too because I, I have a, a credit card through Amazon. So then, when you buy stuff, especially if you buy it through Amazon, then you rack up uh, points. Points, yeah. That's that's why I said I couldn't turn that down. So I've got in my Kindle, and the Kindle was twenty one dollars and something. And it, again, it's just the basic Kindle with the e paper. It's not the uh, Kindle White or whatever they call it. Um, when I talked about this on the show a while back, and then I got a cover, and I kept looking around, and half the covers I were finding were more than the one I paid for the Kindle, and I went, no, I don't want to pay all that, so I did finally find a $10 cover for it, so I've got a whole, you know, $32 tied up in my Kindle, and well, uh, and I've been, and then because of you guys on Sci-Fi Tech Talk, some of the most recent books I've read have been some old classics, like right now I'm reading 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Uh, yeah, and that one, um, I listened to it that is an audiobook and some of the um uh, um detail that he went into is kind of like you know okay I'll just tune out and uh once in a while cuz after a while it felt like a biology lesson but um 
<laughs> but then when we got our uh, our Kindles, I decided to order some covers, and I got one for my iPad too. So I got one. Uh, I see it's a nice little map design there. Oh, cool! But I this like one that. here, it will pivot, so then you can. I don't know if I can get it so you can see it there. Yeah, but you know, you can do it. Uh, you know, upright, or you can do it sideways like that. So that so that makes you a pivot man. Yeah, yeah, I'm pivotal in this whole thing. <laughs> oh yeah, and the puns start now. It's it's puntastic, so we'll stop there. Yes. <laughs> but uh well you know, talking about cheap uh tablets and stuff like that, I think that's pretty cool. I kept an eye uh Apple suddenly dumped a bunch of iPads out there. Uh even the iPad Airs and the iPad Mini with retinas, uh really cheap for like the sixteen gig models. They had them in the refurb store for I want to say it was less than $300 or something like that, or right mm. around $300. Made me think about ordering an iPad Air. You see, that would be cool. Yeah, I mean, if I had the money, what I would really like would be uh, you know, an iPad Air 128-gigabyte model so you could just dump everything on there. Um, yeah, I mean, I would like that because – and I would like to – compare you know one of the uh ipad retina displays to this fire because i got the the hdx so that's got a um you know really nice screen i think i read somewhere that the pixel density is like 239 or was it 329 yeah it's pretty close yeah so i think it you know it probably should rival the ipad retina display so um and i know watching uh, the few shows i've watched on it so far you know it looks really good so well, I, I've, I've said it before on the show. I have an original iPad, the first generation. I have my iPad fourth generation, which is really nice, other than the weight. I mean, it's kind of heavy. But comparing the two screens side by side is the only way I can see the difference in the uh, in the displays. My eyes are that bad, I guess, or, or maybe I'm, it's just like my ears. I'm not that sensitive to all the different bit rates of music. Um, but I, the comparing it beside my iPad, I can put them together. If I call up the same text on them, I can see the difference, but if I'm just using it, I'll be damned if I can see the difference. Well, and like I said, this isn't exactly an apples to apples, um, um, uh, uh, comparison here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We started the pun fest here. Um, but I'm holding the fire next to the, um, iPad mini here and, you know, like I say, uh, the uh, Fire looks like it's got a sharper, crisper, you know, display, and um, it, it, you know, looks it looks nice. Not, not that there's anything wrong with the iPad Mini display, but uh, it's just got that kind of richness. And excuse me, we had a play last night at the school, and I went there and took some pictures. And I, my plan, which didn't seem to work as well as I'd wanted, I got an iFi card. So my plan was. To, and I installed the iFi app on the uh, Kindle here. Well, part A worked okay. It downloaded the pictures from the iFi card to the Kindle. But then the problem is um, when I brought it home, the Kindle was supposed to offload it to the computer. Well, that part hasn't happened yet. But taking all those pictures and looking at them on my um, Kindle here, it just, uh, I'm an 
uh, I'd like to think of myself as an average or maybe slightly above average photographer. Not great, but, you know, okay. But, uh, boy, it made my pictures look good um, that I'd taken on. They're just nice and rich and, you know, like I almost knew what I was doing or something like that. So I'll have to get them on the computer and see if they look as good there. But, um, you know, that really helped um, a lot. Well, if a device could make any picture I took look like I knew what I was doing, it would truly be a miraculous device, that's for sure. Yeah, no kidding. But then, <laughs> well, and then, you know, I've been looking at, uh, looking at apps to download. I wanted something that would keep track of, because uh, uh, the other thing about the Kindle is it'll have, um, Amazon will have these uh, books that are either free or they've reduced the price or whatever. And so I found an app that will keep track of that. And then, I, and then my strange sense of humor kicked in here, because I'm looking at this here. One title that they have here is called Dealing with Difficult People, Managing Difficult People, Coping uh, Difficult People, Handling Difficult People, and Having Success. And then about uh, three books down here, there's another book called Worm Composting. Now, I'm thinking that could be a way for dealing with, with difficult, difficult people. people. Yeah, I was going to say. You compost them, and then you're done with the difficult people. Yeah, there you go. Like I say, I just, you know, I can create a joke out of anything, whether it's appropriate or not. But, you know, like I said, that just kind of caught my eye, and I'm thinking, well, that's just weird like me, so. Well, you know, what's really interesting is I've bought a lot of stuff for my wife, and she reads a lot of murder mysteries and stuff like that. And I've bought a lot of stuff through my Amazon Prime account for her. But yet then I'll go in and look for books, and... You know, I'll pull up something like, we'll say 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and then I get some murder mystery recommendation <laughs> down by the, you know, something about a beach murder mystery series. I'm going, you know, they know a little too much about me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, and, you know, there is that debate about how much privacy do you give up to do a lot of this stuff and how much do people learn about you and this kind of stuff. And, you know, it might potentially be creepy, but I just kind of look at it uh, this way, I guess. Yeah, you, people are going to find out a lot about you, but, you know, I figure when I die and I'm standing in front of God there, he's going to be asking me all sorts of questions that will pale by comparison. Uh, you know, or the stuff he asked me will make the other questions that, you know, Amazon and the IRS and whatever asks me pale by comparison. So I guess I just don't get, you know, I kind of live my life based on what am I going to finally have to answer to? And, you know, a Facebook or Amazon or whatever, find out about this stuff. It's like, eh, okay. Um, you know, basic rule is just don't do anything horrendously stupid and you should be okay. Yeah. I, yeah, that's true. I, I do worry more about what God's going to ask me about than what, um, <laughs> than what Amazon or the, well, then there's the NSA. I'm not sure. Uh, and once again, I want to welcome our overlords, <laughs> the NSA to the broadcast. Um, but, uh, but you know, talking about being weird about things like that, I've listened to a lot of podcasts lately, and they've been talking about all this home automation stuff. And I don't know. I mean, I've I heard some of them talk about all this stuff they automate, and they set up uh, if this, then that recipes, and, and all this kind of stuff. And what I, I guess what I want to say is I wanted to get your general feeling about how you feel about home automation and, and and the fact that your house or your whatever knows what you're doing 
Well, I mean, ultimately, I'd like to have Rose, uh, Rosie the robot, who would you know, you come home and take your briefcase and you know, take uh, t- take care of the house, and you know, so we don't have to do everything until you know the robots finally become sentient, form a union, and then overthrow us all, and then, you know, then we're all screwed. Um, yeah, I went down that rabbit hole, but um, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I'm trying to get my house well. You know, there's a certain amount of automation because, like, when I was talking about this whole uh, my my picture taking process, where I wanted to go from the iFi card to the Kindle to the computer, you know, that's a, that's a form of automation. You know, because I just don't want to do things the simple way by taking the blasted SD card out and plugging it directly into the computer. Um, you know, so that's kind of a form of automation, and yeah, you know, or even like uh, you know, uploading my music to Amazon, so then we can you know download it wherever we want, whenever we want. You know, that's another you know form of automation. So I think we're all kind of marching towards that. Um, yeah, but the, the stuff that I hear people talking about is you know they're buying uh, the uh, like the Philips Hue bulbs. They're not too, so bad, but. Then they buy all these light switches that say if this, you know, then they build, they'll build up these uh, things where, you know, if I'm in the room and do this and turn the lights on, turn the AC off, turn the heat up, you know, and all these other things. And, you know, if, if nothing's happened for 30 minutes, don't do this and, or do that. And I, you know, and then they get into the whole thing with the Nest thermostats and the Nest smoke alarms and all that. And I'm going... That's one thing, you know, people can call me lazy about certain things, but to get up and walk upstairs just to turn the thermostat up or down, it's not that bad. I really don't have a problem doing it. Well, remember when we thought it was so horrible that we had to get up and change channels on the TV, and now we got, like, remotes, and, you know, the problem is we got, like, remotes, and we got remotes, and we got remotes, remotes. yeah. Um, Yeah, so, I mean... Yeah, you know, I guess it depends on how you define, you know, home automation because, you know, it's been going on for well, probably like, you know, a, a century or more because, you know, you used to have to chop things by hand. Now you got, you know, uh, blenders. And, you know, so this is all, uh, you know, logical progression of steps as we march forward. Uh, you know, so now we're getting, instead of having to, uh, you know, put your coffee in the coffee maker, uh, we've got like a Keurig upstairs that's got all the different flavored cups that you can put in there. Um and, you know, um, microwaves and this kind of stuff. So that's the smaller level of uh, you know, automation. What you're talking about now is, yeah, where you got the light bulbs and you got the switches and you got all this kind of stuff so that, you know, you could ultimately get it set up with like some if this, then that recipe where when you arrive at home, uh, it would send out a, a, you know, a recipe to all these things that would turn the lights on, adjust your heat. Uh, you know, I don't know what all modules are available. If it could turn your stove on or, you know, whatever, or um, you could, I try to remember if there was like a smart crock pot out there that you could plug it in, you could monitor it and adjust the temperature through the day. And Well, you could, you could plug in, you can put uh, enhanced plugs up that will let you do those sorts of things that would let you then, you know, the crock pot wouldn't necessarily have to be smart. The plug's smart enough so that you could do it and, and things like that. So, and, and then you also get into, and I think I've talked about it on here, the Xbox one stuff where you walk in, hello, Xbox turn on TV, you know, and, and tell it to do these things because it's always listening. And I think that's where I get kind of creeped out is the always listening thing. And, and it goes even further towards people. I know everybody's getting their panties all worked up about the uh, iBeacon stuff. 
you know, the where you can be at a ballpark and it starts sending you coupons or deals or are you aware that if you go to this restroom, there's not a line and, you know, things like... And I'm going, this is just a little creepy. I don't, you know, I'm to the point where if I go someplace and there's going to be eye beacons, I'm turning my damn phone off. <laughs> well, and the thing, the scene that I remember from uh, when we did Sci-Fi Tech Talk, we did... Um, uh, minority Report, and one of the scenes there was uh, Tom Cruise is walking through the uh, um, uh, the mall or the shopping center or wherever it was, and I, and I don't remember what his character's name was, but he would be walking by, and all of a sudden these video walls would pop up and say, "You, you know, whatever his name was, here's a deal for you here," and you know you're just getting bombarded by all this stuff as you're walking through there, and um, you know even on a minor level, I had installed like the red laser app on my phone, and I walked in a store somewhere, and it started beeping at me. Well, here's a deal on this, and you know if it becomes so, the problem is I do like deals. I mean, I I'm literally and figuratively part Scotch, so if I can get a deal somewhere, you know, I'll be on it. Uh, so I don't mind getting the deals, but if it becomes intrusive, where you know, you walk into the bathroom to take a dump and you sit down and on the opposite wall there's a screen bombarding you with advertisements that might be crossing over the line, especially if it's like hemorrhoid medicine or something like that. I mean, you know. We, we, we see that you're having trouble making a bowel movement. Could we, <laughs> could we suggest some X-lax for you or something like that? You yeah, know. but... Well, it gets to the point that, you know, yeah, especially if they have sensors built into the toilet there. Yeah, okay, we finally got the toilets. Um, <laughs> and we hit it at the, uh, what, 36-minute mark. Thank you. <laughs> there we go. Uh, but, you know, yeah, if it does reach that, that creepy factor that it, one, at some point, yeah, it is kind of helpful because, you know, if you're thinking about buying something and all of a sudden Amazon pops up, hey, we have a deal on this, you know, that's certainly helpful. But, yeah, if it gets to the point where it's intrusive, where uh, – you know, to the point where, you know, let's say you're, you know, in the bedroom and you're having a little <clears throat> difficulty, then all of a sudden the Viagra ad pops up. Okay, you know, we don't need that, people. Uh, that's not the part I need to pop up. Come yes. on. Yes. <laughs> Oi. Oi, vey. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no. Well, you know, they were talking, the, there was a big thing uh, during the Sochi Olympics uh, back in February. Yeah, the Olympics were back in February, the Winter Olympics. And. I, I was reading or watching something recently. We're talking about, you know, they, they started talking about how bad things were there. You know, stuff wasn't working. It wasn't ready, really, you know, and all this stuff. And there was complaints about stuff. You know, people were actually leaving these things on. And one of the Russian officials got up and said, Oh, no, no, there's nothing wrong with what we have done. You know, he said, We have cameras in all the rooms. We can see you people doing these things and turning things on. I'm going, Okay. <laughs> And then they okay. kind of hustled him off the stage really quickly. <laughs> yeah, because now suddenly Russian porn sites, um, for some reason, um, the thought of those keep popping into my head. So that's maybe how they're funding their government. Through Rus through the bathroom cams. In the yeah, there you go. Oy. Oy, oh, yeah, now we just hit a really creepy level there. But uh, yeah, That even skizzed me out a little bit there. I think I'm going to have to go buy a few hundred thumb drives to make myself feel better. <laughs> And put your life on there and never share it online. That's exactly it. You're going to be walking around with a trench coat on, and it's on this thumb drive right here. That's oh, it. No. Oh, yeah, no, put it on this one over here. So <laughs> You're going to be the walking thumb drive guy. As long as, I, as my thumb drives are in my pocket, not up my... Never mind. We'll <laughs> go. 
Yeah, we went there too. Yeah, we went there. We always go there, and we'll 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 try to turn turn the ship slowly around and and come back around to something more normal. Well, you see, if we had our computer overlords there, they would be guiding us back to where we need to be, which was automation. Uh, you know, and you know, automating your home and everything. And um, they could automate the, my purchase of thumb drives. I could have the week one 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 thumb drive a week product. You could have a bot out there going, "Oh, there is a deal on uh, some, you know, and just auto buy it for you, and just, uh, and then when you get a bill for you know four hundred dollars a month for you know thumb drives because your bot went crazy, and you know, yeah, that's that's true. Hmm, I wonder if I could make an if this and that recipe to scan for thumb drive deals. Hmm. hmm. All you'd have to do is get an RSS feed from, uh, oh, like Newegg or you know one of those places. I'm hmm. sure they've got one of those. So. Yeah, and, and you know, set it up so that it does that, and uh, yeah, maybe that could help with my thumb drive addiction. Oh God, now I feel like an enabler. I've just helped you, uh, you know, up your uh, your obsession there a little bit more. Yeah, your addiction. It's pretty sad when people come to me at work and say, "Kevin, can I have a thumb drive?" I'm like, "What do you mean? Why do you think I have thumb drives? What what possession?" They look at me and I go, "Okay, just wait a second. I've only got about five, and I don't use them all the time. And some of them have, like, uh, rescue versions of Linux on it for fixing computers. Well, as I look here, there's one, two, three, four, five, six laying over here underneath the monitor. There's, uh, oh, here's another brand new one that hasn't been opened. Um, Here's a couple over here, another new one that hasn't been opened. Oh, boy. Uh, down here, there's another new one that hadn't been opened, and then there's, I showed this on the video episode, you know, all the, the one of the bags full of thumb drives. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I, I do have a bit of a problem with thumb drives. It's just a small problem. <laughs> well, yeah. And, you see, I use mine kind of like for the sneaker net, basically, because, like I said, I take these pictures, um... And then they will want to use them for the um, yearbook at school, so I'll put them on a uh, a thumb drive and take it there. What I was doing was I had a, uh, a Tornado server set up on my uh, computer here, and then all I'd have to do is just email them a link to where those files were at on my uh, my server here at home. But then the uh, uh, school uh, uh, system started blocking the Tornado server because they didn't want uh, people, you know, downloading, you know. Um, what was it, personal file sharing sites or whatever. They didn't want people downloading that stuff. They tried to you know, manage their system. So it's kind of like, eh, okay, I just kind of gave up on that. And I said, here's the thumb drive. And then all I got to do is just follow people around, make sure I get it back. I, I am that way. I want my thumb drives back. Yes, I do too. I don't, I don't, uh, I had one person walk off with one. Fortunately, it was one that I'd found and I hadn't had a chance to put it in a, computer that I felt safe sticking it in to see if it had any bad stuff on it. <laughs> so I hadn't done anything. It was only a one gig thumb drive. So it was, I wasn't, it was bright orange. And I knew this guy yeah. when he borrowed, it wasn't going to bring it back. Cause he was just too scatterbrained <laughs> and, uh, it never came back and I'm, Oh, there's another one that's unopened. Oh dear. Oh, <laughs> um, but they're yeah, like mushrooms. Yeah. They're like mushrooms. They keep popping up. Yeah, they do. Um, and there's where you get the Viagra ads pumping, popping up for your thumb drives. Oh boy! <laughs> I could put, I could sell you thumb drives by putting Viagra ads on them. There we go. Okay. Anyway, we'll move on. The, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there, he was scatterbrained. That's the only one I've lost. I have had a couple that I destroyed, 
um, that I dropped and stepped on and stuff like that. And fortunately, they haven't been any of the really big ones that I had. I still, like I said before, I still have the original thumb drive I ever got was a 64 megabyte Ooh. thumb drive. Well, yeah, that's just, um, yeah, that was big at the time. I even got a, uh, um, probably the first SD card I had around here, and that was 512 megabyte. It wasn't, wasn't real big, but it fit my camera. Um, and I put it in, um, I, I should get that up and going. And I had one of those LCD picture frames that you slide an SD card in, and uh, it'll show that. And I got setting up here among my, uh, again, before we started recording, Kevin and I were talking about the stuff on our desk. And I got three desks here, and I got one with just uh, um, old uh, electronic equipment. It's kind of my electronic graveyard of stuff here. Uh, I got my uh, my Android uh, uh, tablet over my Arcos is what it is. Yeah, there we go. Uh, and my old com- uh, netbook computer. I got all kinds of crap over there, so I just need to go through and. Well, see, it, you, my thumb drive addiction's bad. My SD card, oh dear, that's really bad. <laughs> because what happens is I treat the SD cards like back in the day we used to treat negatives. I fill an SD card up. I offload the pictures, process them do everything with them on my, you know, computer that I want to do with them, print them, you know, well, well, do whatever. But I never erase the SD cards. I just go buy more SD cards. Well, I had toyed with getting like a 64 uh, gig one and putting in my MacBook here. Uh, that was before I got my SSD. And then I was going to, because I've got about 50 gigs of music, so I figured if I put 64 gig in there and just left it in there and put my uh, iTunes library on there, because uh, I don't do movies and such through there, so that should be fine. And I don't buy; I haven't been buying much more music. Although I did buy a, uh, uh, an album through uh, Amazon uh, yesterday. Um, uh. Yeah, I bought uh, Bachman Turner Overdrive. But then I see somebody else pointing a finger at the camera yes. actually bought some music. Yes, I for the first time in I, at least 18 months, probably closer to two years or so, I purchased a couple tracks off iTunes. Well, I purchased music, let's just put it that way. It doesn't matter whether it was physical media or what. Um, I was sitting in a meeting the other day, and one of, my, one of the guys I worked with, uh, his phone started playing. I go, I should know that song. And I, at first I thought I knew what it was, and I asked him. He said, no, no, he said it's... And then when he, as soon as he started to mouth the words, I knew exactly what it was. The theme, the Ballad of Serenity, the theme for the show Firefly, mm. uh, which is a TV show I dearly love. Uh, so I had to buy that, and I got, oh yeah, what's another theme song that I really like? The theme for uh, uh, Star Trek Enterprise. Okay. So I had to buy both of those. I mean, I already have the Big Bang Theory. I have the theme music for the video game Portal. I have all kinds of stuff like this. I've never gotten into theme music like that. Like I said, I bought uh, Bachman Turner Overdrive, and that's going back to my my childhood uh, because it was their their best of. So uh, it had the ones you always hear about, you know, roll on down the highway and uh, um, oh crap, now I'm blanking out. But it also had some other ones that I like that you don't hear very often. Give me your money, please, and some of those songs. Um, so yeah, I bought that. Um, and I don't go out and buy a lot of new music. Yeah, I'm kind of stuck with, uh, not stuck, but I kind of just stuck in a rut listening to the stuff that I do. And every once in a while, I try to get out and get some new stuff. And um, I always wanted to get a copy of uh, 
Katy Perry's um, I Kissed a Girl and I Like It and Play It. Uh, I wanted to do it when my girl, my uh, daughter was in school. And uh, I wanted to go skipping down the hall singing that one just to embarrass the crap out of my daughter. So, Well, I did uh, take a copy of uh, Hannah Montana's uh, Hoedown Throwdown from the Hannah Montana movie a few years ago. I have that on my phone so that when I want to embarrass my uh, oldest daughter, I'll just call that up and start playing it. And she just like crawls into a corner. I did it at a birthday party recently, and all of her friends were like, Oh, God, what is your dad doing? Why is he playing that song? <laughs> well, I put uh, on my iPhone for the when I uh, miss a call, it'll play, um, oh, um, I can't think of her name, but it's uh, Call Me Maybe. Call You Maybe? Yeah, no, call, yeah, call me maybe. Uh, Kath, oh, shoot. Now I got to do some Google foo here. Foo um, away. Yeah, because it, it's um, um, a YouTube uh, artist. Call me. They draw maybe. YouTubes? Sure. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> uh, oh, Carly Ray Jepsen. I've heard the name, I don't know anything about her. Yeah, like I say, she's kind of, uh, it, it made it big on uh, YouTube. I don't know that it uh, made it so much on the radio, maybe, but uh, uh, I just kind of like that. Um, so that's my, and that kind of drives my uh, daughter's uh, boyfriend a little crazy because he just thinks that's a little little feminine. But I, I kind of like it. It's got a nice little beat to it. So, Well, I have to admit, my oldest daughter took the opportunity to actually, because she's become a Big Bang Theory fan, she took the opportunity to memorize all the lyrics to the full song, The Big Bang Theory. Um, you know, it's more than just the clip they play at the beginning of the show. It's uh, The Bare Naked Ladies has, I think the song's like two minutes long or something right about there. It's not a real long song. Uh, but she did, uh, she did take the opportunity to memorize every bit of the lyrics. Well, that's a lot of stuff in there to try and memorize. She knows it all. That would rank right up there with uh, the, another one that I think would be hard to be memorized. To memorize would be Billy Joel's "I Didn't Start the Fire." Oh yeah, it, I I didn't start the we didn't start the fire. Right, yeah, and then they start rattling off all this historical stuff. Maybe they ought to actually teach that in school. Maybe it'd help kids remember certain historical facts, perhaps. But uh, interesting, I never thought of it that way. It could be, but yeah, I like TV theme songs or themes. Another one that I bought. Do you remember when the MacBook Air first came out and the TV commercial for it? Uh, I'm a new, what's the song called? I'm a new kid or I'm a new something. It's by an Israeli gir uh, girl from Israel. Mm. Uh, I actually ended up buying, you can uh, yell Kasem or something like that. I can't remember her name. Uh, but if you go onto YouTube, you can see the entire music video. And, of course, Apple just took a clip of that and played it for the MacBook Air when they first launched it back in 2008. Um, I'm a new soul, or a new soul, that's what the song's called. Okay. Um, I don't remember that one. It was part um, of the commercial that when they when they first started you know, releasing the MacBook Air, that was the music that played in the background for the TV commercial. Okay. Um I don't think I watched those because I would have just wanted the air then, but uh, so I tried to avoid that. Um, there's a few TV so uh, themes that I like. Um, I always like the one for Magnum PI. Um, oh yeah, I know. Uh -huh. Yeah, uh, I think that was Mike Post. He did a lot of uh, uh, TV theme songs. 
Um, now I'm trying to think. There were some others that I uh, I liked. Well, the truth be told, you know what my favorite one is? What's that? Green Acres <laughs> is the place to be. Oh, geez, oh. there's near warm. <laughs> I I can't help it. Every I cannot. Yeah. I can be depressed as hell, and I hear that song, and I'll just perk up a little bit. I don't know what it is about that song. I love the show. I still watch that show. Between that and Petticoat Junction, I can always be perked up. Well, the one that uh, I like, and I won't try to, because I think my lips may be too dry to do it, but uh, uh, Mayberry uh, or uh, Andy Griffith's show with the whistling. Yeah. Oh, no, that's this Old Spice one. Wait a minute. <laughs> um, I know. Yeah, it, not... it Down by the Fishing Hole is the name of the song. Right. Uh, now I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, because I... Um, I can't think of it to whistle it either. Yeah. Uh, I, I can see the scene in my head, but I just can't. Uh, I can uh, see it in your head, too. Oh, oh! I should. There we go. <laughs> I'll bring the screen down so you aren't looking in my head. That's messy. You're not God. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that, that's a good one. Well, there's a, if you go on YouTube, there's a, uh, oh, several of them. I don't know how many where they'll play theme songs, and you have to kind of guess the theme song to the shows. You know, they'll be from the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, 80s, 90s. Uh, now, I'm pretty good up through the early 80s. And then after that, I start to get a little fuzzy because I didn't watch a lot of television in the 90s. I was a newlywed. Mm. I was busy doing other things. So, um, Like learning how to run the microwave? Yes, of course, and how to okay. make coffee. Sure. <laughs> Mid to late 80s, you know, and, and uh. 90s. Um, but... Uh, my kids get amazed at how many of them I know, even from back in the fifties and stuff, the old television theme songs and stuff like that. So, but the, the, it's a lot of fun to sit there. They'll play like a two or three second clip, and they'll go through, or not two or three seconds, like ten, fifteen seconds of it, maybe, depending on the clip. And then they'll stop, and you'll go through them all, and then you, I'll guess them, and then they'll either in the comments or at the end they go back and tell you what they all are. Well, my thing is. I will probably recognize all of them, but my data recovery isn't that quick. I can't uh, go through that, uh, you know, uh, sludge pile. That's my, you know, my memory storage here, and be able. My, you know, I need to clean up my random access memory here, and um, you know, optimize my search uh, algorithms and stuff because I just can't find crap anymore. You might want to try a memory cleaner. Um, what you, could, what I do to help with that is I put a straw in one ear. One one ear and I blow really hard. Yep, that's it, and that just cleans my brain right out. Hmm. I don't know if I want to see what would come out. Uh, it's just a little bit of gray goo, and that's it. That's all. <laughs> I don't know. I got some. I got all kinds of things up there. I just don't know if. Yeah, it might get. That might get really messy and icky and, you know, embarrassing. But no, yeah, that's it's a lot of fun. The kids, the kids are just constant. My kids, I should say, are constantly amazed at how many of them I get right and. Sometimes they'll say, you guess them too fast. I'll say, okay, I won't guess them. And they'll come on, they'll start playing, and I'll look at them going, come on, guess. And they're going, oh, I don't know what it is. And I'll say, well, it's this. They're, oh, yeah, yeah, we were going to guess that. I said, well, did guess it. <laughs> yeah. You can't, you can't, you know, don't give me crap. <laughs> I always have to kind of watch my tongue, you know, when we, uh, we don't do it too often. But when we watch Jeopardy, I always want to blurt out the answer. But then I realize that's just rude. I should let everyone else kind of have a chance to, uh, you know, get the answer on some of those. Yeah, that's true. Although I'm not that smart for Jeopardy, so. It depends upon the subject. If they stay away from some of the highfalutin ones like wine and, 
you know, and some of that stuff. But, uh, you know, general overall Jeopardy, I did fairly well, so. That's one thing that I'm not that great about is knowing what wine are. Somebody will say, what kind of wine are you drinking? I'm going, red, <laughs> white, purple. Yeah. <laughs> that's about uh, the extent of mine too. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know I hardly ever drink wine, not because I got anything against it. It's just that I'm not a wine person. Well, actually, I don't. Well, I don't drink a lot of beer either. I just I just don't drink a lot. So nothing I got anything against it. It just wasn't one of those things that I picked up and started. So I feel kind of weird just going into like a bar somewhere and they say what kind of beer do you want? And you know, especially if you go into like one of those microbreweries or whatever. We got this nice IPA over here and we got this stout over. You know, and I don't know what the heck any of that means. They're just words to me. So I just kind of you know give me something that's you know not too hot, uh, too dark and you know not too bad. You know whatever. I, I kind of bluff my way through it. Most of the times, I haven't been too disappointed. But uh, yeah, I'm, uh, not a, I'm not a. I like beer, um, and it is actually good for you if you ever have kidney stones to drink beer because it will keep you flushed out. Um, but I, I, you know, Budweiser, you know, Michelob. <laughs> that's my beer knowledge. But now, when it comes to whiskey, I start to get a little more knowledgeable because I do like whiskey. Mm. I haven't gotten into that too much either. Uh, yeah, again, there I don't know a lot. Um, my wife has a pen pal in England, and she sent me some of those little uh, uh, scotch bottles, I think they were. Um, and some of that stuff was pretty good, but you know, I'm sure over here it costs like a gajillion dollars. And that's probably the reason why I don't buy a lot of that stuff is because it is kind of pricey. It's you know, probably not so much moral um, things that keeps me from drinking. It's just the fact that I'm so freaking cheap. Well, see, that's the good thing. My my family knows my, and I'm not talking about my kids. I'm talking about my family, my brother-in-law, my other relatives, cousins, aunts, and stuff like that. They know my affinity for whiskey. So generally every holiday or chance when they can't figure out what else to give Kevin because he either wants some, he wants either some electronic device that's too obscure for them to figure out or too expensive mm-hmm. for them to buy, um, they always just go to the liquor store and bring Kevin a bottle of whiskey, and Kevin's happy. Yeah, I wish I had relatives like that. Um, I have seen ads. They have, uh, is it Jim Beam or Jack? Den- they have uh, uh, honey uh, whiskey with honey in it. That looks intriguing. There's a well, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff out there. I, I drink a lot of uh, Southern Comforts, what I drink the most of. Um Maybe that's because I'm a Southerner. I'm not sure. But anyway, I do drink a lot of Southern Comfort. I drink, uh, there's not many whiskeys I won't drink. Uh, scotch is not something I've ever drank. Well, like I said, she sent me the little bottle, and it was like, you know, two good swigs. But uh, you know, I didn't think it was too bad. Um, again, I'm not an aficionado. I mean, it all, you know, kind of burns a little bit. But I guess as long as it burns in the right way, that's a, that's a good thing. Well, it's. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't burn for me anymore because my wife is kind of constantly. She looks at me because I'll just get a glass. I put no ice. I put nothing in it, and I'll just pour, th- you know, three or four fingers of whiskey in a glass. You know what that? You know what I mean by that, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. I've had to explain that because I had a couple people going, "What is? They doing it this way?" No, no, no. It's it's ver- it's horizontal, not vertical, people. Um. And I'll just sit there and drink that. And she goes, how do you do that? I said, like this. Because <laughs> she doesn't get that part. And I said, yeah, it's just, it's the way I got to drinking whiskey and it's the way I continue to drink it. And back in the day, we used to buy, uh, you can't buy it in the state of Virginia anymore. So when I go out of state, I always go in the liquor store and buy Everclear. Oh, wow. Is, 
which is basically legal moonshine. <laughs> yes, you know, when I was, you know, in my younger and, you know, uh, not so thought out days, uh, shortly after I graduated high school, we went to a, a going away party for one of the girls I graduated with, and they had what they called cowboy Kool-Aid out there, which was Everclear, Kool-Aid, they threw in some fruit chunks. You know, the stuff tasted really good. And so I put down quite a few of those. And, oh, boy. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, back in the days, again, when we were young and stupid, I drove back to town. And, dang, that road kept moving all the time. <laughs> Don't do this at home, kids. And yeah, we used to have the thing uh, where we would take a beer and drink a beer, park the way down, and then fill it back up with Everclear. Oh, wow. Yeah, first of all, that doesn't sound good, and second of all, it just sounds like a way to get you horribly drunk. It it did accomplish the second thing, and it actually did taste good on the first side. Okay, I've never tried it straight. I just I don't know. Like I say, in this um, in that drink we had, it you know, like say a fruity drink, but and it was a summer night, so it slid down well anyway. So Uh, now I'm picturing you like uh, John Travolta and uh, what's her face. In the summer nights from Greece. Oh, okay. Uh, Olivia Newton-John. I'm picturing you. Oh, God, you in a black leotard just came into my head. Ow, get out, get out. <laughs> yeah, it's in my head, and I want it to get out. It's just not good. Now, I was thinking like John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever, but, you know. The white uh, leisure suit? Yes, yes. Uh, uh, yeah, and, you know, I, I had a leisure suit for a while, and it was, ew, oh, God, we're just going down all these bad things, leotards and leisure suits and bad fashion choices. Yes, extremely bad fashion choices on on most of our parts in in those cases. Yeah, at least, you know, it was the uh, 80s, so we were young and stupid yet. Um, I wasn't as young, but I was pretty stupid. I'm still waiting for the stupid part to end. Well, mine's decreasing with age just because I don't have the energy sometimes to go out and do as much stupid stuff as I used to. Yeah. It's sort of sort of stupid by loss of momentum. Yeah, that's true. Cuz uh, somebody said something to me the other day about age and I said, "Well, you know, it was somebody was complaining they had just turned 40 or 41 years old, I forget what it was." And I went, "Oh, yeah." I said, "But and and they said something. I said, "Well, you know, one of the things I learned as I, I became 50." And they said, "What's that?" And I said, "Never trust a fart." <laughs> Those things will get a little sneaky once in a while. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, I remember hearing that on that movie, The Bucket List. Don't trust a fart. The one with Morgan Freeman and uh, mm. Jack Nicholson. I love that movie. I haven't watched that yet. I should put it on my bucket list of things to do. Yeah, I wouldn't wait that long because then you might laugh and pee yourself, and that's always a different problem. <laughs> well, if it's well, if it's I was gonna say if it's in the wintertime, you'd be warm, but only for a little while. Then it would get worse. <laughs> And then you got your wife yelling at you about peeing on the sofa again. So, well, yeah, like yeah. she needs a reason to do that, but uh, she doesn't usually yell at you when you pee on the sofa. <laughs> no, she just you know likes <laughs> to find things to talk to me talk to me about air quotes, but discuss with you what you've done wrong. <laughs> yes, my my sins. Yes, your your sins and transgressions of the hour. Yeah, of which I have many. So that's yeah, true. I, I'm a man. That's true. Well, I guess on that note, we're we've come up on the hour mark here. I guess we should be wrapping things up uh, in case we haven't said it enough. Mike, why don't you tell the kind people out there that might still be listening, even <laughs> if, after all we've discussed today, where they can find you at? Yeah, if they haven't gone up to go to the the bathroom because of 
farts or pees or whatever. Um, no, I can be found on um, uh, Sci-Fi Tech Talk um, with uh, Jeff and Julie. And uh, uh, th- this weekend we've got a uh, – Julie did an interview with um, uh, Brian Chafin, I believe it was, out at Macworld about uh, – he's writing a book. And he's from the uh, Mac Observer. So um, that's going to be our episode for this week. And then next week we're going to do uh, Star Trek First Contact. We need to do Light in the Mood from the last couple of medical shows that we did. But um, – that um, can be found at scifitechtalk.com. And if, uh, you know, I, I say things on Twitter once in a while, and I should do a little bit more out there, but I can be found on Twitter at DSC Chipman, and I have an about.me page with the other things that I get around to doing once in a while, and that's at about.me slash Mike McPeak, that's M-C-P-E-E-K. Oh, okay, that's great. And I do encourage all our listeners to go over and follow Mike. I would also encourage you to go and give Sci-Fi Tech Talk a listen. I always enjoy that on my commute back and forth. And I, my problem is, though, I don't listen to them in order. I listen to them, oh, that one looks interesting, let me listen to that. So I, I jump back and forth. I might listen to a recent one, then go back uh, you know, two or three months and pick up one that I skipped back then, and I jump around. But it's a show that's well worth to listen at any time, and it stays relevant and current. Um, if you want to know more about me, you can always go over to about.me forward slash Kevin Alder, or you can find me on Twitter where I spend most of my time when I'm online at twitter.com forward slash B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A. And yes, Allison, I'm not getting rid of those underscores much to your chagrin. Uh, but if you want to find out more about the show, go over to geekiestshowever.com and you can read about that in our past episodes there. If you'd like to drop us a review in iTunes, that would be very great. We'd really appreciate that. In the meantime, please thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And please remember, between now and next week, don't forget to hug a geek. Hello, I'm Mike McPeak from Bard on the Plains podcast. Growing up on the plains of South Dakota, I used to listen to my dad tell stories about his life. I never had a chance to record any of these, but I realize that everyone has a story to tell. And that's what I try to do on this podcast, tell anecdotes of my own and have other people tell their stories in their words and in their voice. So please listen to Bard on the Plains podcast. It's about stories, mine and yours.